Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and when I say we have a doozy for you today, Patriots, I absolutely mean it. We are going to be discussing a couple of bills, um, ones that I absolutely, along with many other lawmakers and American citizens, agree are absolutely 1,000% unconstitutional. And when I reveal them to you and what the uh, statutes behind these laws are, what they actually mean, and the fact that some fact checkers out there seem to want to rewrite uh, the intention of the law or uh, the links that in, to which these laws can go to and how they violate uh, your constitutional rights. And what I'm talking about, we're going to be covering two. Right, we're going to be talking about NY two one three, which is the uh, New York's ability to quarantine people, even when they don't test positive for anything, or just kind of at their whim or will, if they deem or think that you are uh, somehow or another uh, a danger or have something without any proof, they can just ship you off to anywhere, a facility of their choosing. Uh, or in your home or wherever they deem for however long they deem, no matter how young or how old you are. Uh, I'm not making this up. This is this is real. This is really happening. And then uh, we also have uh, AB665, which is, and I kid you not when I say this, uh, some people are calling it the kidnapping bill because it is literally state sanctioned kidnapping and why I think that why I feel that way we'll get into uh in just a little bit but before we do uh let's go uh have a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. That's right, Patriots. Use code PATRIOT and you get an additional 10% off of all your purchases at Redemption Shield. And you have to admit, folks, we walk around all day long and we have our phones. We're near Wi-Fi routers. We're under power lines. We're driving through big cities. I'm out here in Vegas. Who knows how much EMF or radiation or just I'm bombarded all day long from all sides. And so are you. So, folks... The products that Redemption Shield provides to you are definitely something that you should look into. They come in all shapes, colors, sizes, types, kinds, bed sheets, scarves, hats, you name it. They have it. So go ahead, RedemptionShield.com, use code PATRIOT, and you get an additional 10% off. Now, folks, let's kind of go over uh, some of these laws. They're just 
Absolutely horrendous. Um, California Assembly Bill 665 or AB 665. While it might seem like it's just another bill, it's potential to impact uh, lives of parents and those who have strong religious convictions like myself. This should absolutely alarm you and scare the hell out of you because your rights as a parent mean nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. So um, this bill, it affects children that are at least 12 years old. And what it does is, is it allows a child who goes to, let's say, a school counselor or something like that, and maybe they have... They're going through some gender confusion and that sort of thing. So the counselor can then rule that your home is abusive because you're not affirming what this child believes or thinks. So then they can actually take that child and put it in a home legally. And California will protect that. California will not consider your right as a parent whatsoever. So this is why people are literally referring to this as the kidnapping bill. Now, picture this. You make a legal decision in one state and think it's binding everywhere. Now AB 665 comes into play, and critics argue that it could undermine the authority of decision made by parents in other states as a cause for concern. It's absolutely true. And we'll get into that. I actually have a clip that'll talk about that, about the fact that California, the way this law is written, uh, would protect the kidnapper as someone who would take a child from one state to California to help that child affirm what they think is, is their gender uh, you know, in a trans way, uh, or to force them toward a trans lifestyle in California would protect the person who took the child as well as the child leaving the parent with no rights or say in the matter whatsoever. Now let's talk about the heart of the matter for many, especially those with deeply held religious beliefs. Like I said, like myself, AB 665, uh, poses a, a direct challenge to the freedom to adhere to one's faith, which is a cornerstone of our nation. But what happens when the state law potentially clashes with those fundamental values right so this is the same thing that we're up against as christians every day anyway if christians said morally what we think is right and wrong good or bad evil what have you uh 90 of what the world says is good out there today versus what you would say they would label what you say hate speech you notice this on many social media platforms. If you if you have an opinion from a Christian point of view, if you haven't been flagged, you're very lucky. You're very lucky because this is what they do. This is exactly what they do. But here's the thing. There are equal protections for all selective recognition. This is what they call this. Now, equal protection clause is there to ensure that everyone is treated fairly under the law. AB 665, however, might be treading on, might be treading on, is treading on thin ice by allowing California to selectively recognize legal decisions based on its own criteria while disregarding others, meaning um, they can basically use this as an agenda-driven policy based on things that they see are abusive that you disagree with. So th there's no kind of standard here. And it basically, uh, it's, it's a, a value standard that you may hold that they don't. So then they, therefore they override your, uh, your decisions as a parent. And it has a ripple effect because beyond California, the repercussions could be felt nationwide. Parents of individuals of faith might find themselves navigating this legal landscape that challenges the very essence of their beliefs and the decisions that they make for their families.
This should have everyone concerned because the potential for where this goes, even from here, if this isn't the worst that can happen, um, but they can also utilize these laws in other ways because what it does is it removes the standard, it removes the precedent, and it violates the uh, 14th Amendment of the United States. And I'll get into that a little more later. Well, it's the constitutional clash, right? The full faith, uh, the full faith and credit clause. And that's what it's talking about. Now let's get into the nitty gritty of the United States Constitution. Under Article 4, Section 1 enshrines the full faith and credit clause. The clause ensures that each state recognizes and respects the judicial, ju- the tongue tied, the judicial uh, decisions in public records of every other state. Meaning, essentially, the Constitution is written as a basis for law throughout the United States, and no state within the Union should be able to write a law that then contradicts the Constitution as a whole. This is what we have a Supreme Court for, um, and, and these types of laws are constantly argued this happens on a consistent basis. But the fact that it continually happens in blue states should be a very big concern to you, and as well as the NY213 law that we're going to go over next. Now, AB 665 is a California law, and in its essence, California courts um, re- kind of disregards the, uh, the validity of the judgment from another state that does not align with the stance that California has taken on these legal matters. In simpler terms, it's the, it's the deviation from the Constitution principle of a full faith and credit. That's why people argue that it is a constitutional clash. Right. This these these types of things are illegal because it doesn't allow for equal protection under the law. Uh, and that does not mean that a 12 year old that is having some type of gender confusion has the right to be protected outside or over and above its parents values because they don't. That is not what's going on here. And the fact that they're making these laws while not including the parents in these decisions, uh, in fact, in a lot of cases, intentionally excluding parents that should be a big concern for everyone. Now, how does uh, AB 665 fare in the face of equal protection clause? Critics argue that it could lead to an unequal treatment of an individual based on the legal choices in other states, creating a clash with this fundamental constitutional guarantee. Now, its potential implications and ramifications are significant because of California. California's AB 665 stands. It could mean that a legal decision made in one state might not carry the same weight in California, challenging the very essence of the full faith and credit clause of the United States Constitution. Now, I'm going to play some clips for you because you guys got to understand. I, I I don't feel like I'm giving it the full weight that it, it definitely needs because you, you should be concerned. You absolutely should be concerned. If you're a parent, if you're a Christian, if you're just someone with uh, with certain common sense values that believes in a constitution uh, of the United States, that believes in the freedoms, that believe that parents should have rights that schools can't undermine Counselors can't undermine. Social workers can't undermine. You should be concerned. Take a listen.
I do apologize. I did not have the correct sound on there. So if you didn't hear it, I do apologize. Let me back that up and, and play it again. I'm here today to discuss AB665, which was recently passed. Now, could you start with a brief overview of what's your thoughts on this bill? Yeah, this is a horrific bill when it comes to uh, parental rights and undermining the rights of parents. Uh, what it says is it would, it's going to change the law to uh, allow counselors, mental health counselors, possibly like a school counselor, for example, uh, to take a child and put the child uh, over the age of 12, has to be over the age of 12, 12 or over, and put that child into a mental health residential facility without parental consent. Now, right now, under the law, uh, in order for this to be done, uh, there has to be uh, reports of incest or an immediate uh, a threat. So he's describing the challenges uh, that were in place prior to AB 665 uh, being passed into law. These used to be the things that had to happen before a child was able to legally be removed from the home. So take a listen again to what he's saying. Uh, in order for this to be done, uh, there has to be... Uh, reports of incest or an immediate uh, a threat to the child's health or safety, that they're uh, likely going to try to commit suicide or, put, or harm themselves physically or mentally. That right now, that's what has to be shown and before a child can be taken and put into a mental health facility without parental consent. This obliterates those qualifiers and gives tremendous latitude for a mental uh, health counselor to be able to take a child away from the parents, put them in this residential mental hospital for youth, and the parents have no say in the matter, a due process is out the window. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Parents have no rights in California. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like to me that California and New York, both, uh, in different ways, are blazing their own trails constitutionally by essentially turning their back on the Constitution. Now, these types of things happen, but it's literally primarily in blue states that they happen. Consistently, when there are things that absolutely just drop your jaw to the floor and you cannot understand how such a thing could possibly be legal, you're usually talking about a blue state. And they're in their in their legal overreach and constitutional overreach are constantly giving given the uh, uh, appearance of being something that would be uh, protecting someone. So first they create a victim. First, they create someone they need to champion. And then they go about violating the rights of parents uh, and and many others. It depends on what form that it takes. But it happens quite often. It happens after mass shootings. It happens after pandemics. It happens constantly and blue states don't miss a beat and they don't miss an opportunity to try to grab more and more and more of your freedoms from you consistently listen to what they're doing in terms of legalized kidnapping is what they call it and listen to why basically what this does is it uh, puts a a a, a, um, a cloud dads up and down the state of california just knowing that at any time 
they could lose their child. And specifically, this legislation is targeting those children uh, who, who might have uh, same-sex sexual attraction issues or confusion or gender identity uh, confusion. This is what it's really targeting so that a counselor can simply take the child away from the, from the family uh, under the grounds that the parents have maybe traditional religious beliefs and convictions and therefore are an inherent danger or concern uh, for the, you know, the child, even though they're not having to prove anything or show any evidence. You know, presently, in, under California law, in order for a child to be taken from a home, uh, then by a social worker, yeah, there has to be a showing of a reasonable suspicion of abuse or neglect against the child by the parents. This throws that out. No longer. If you can show that that child is potentially um, you know, not uh, affirmed in terms of their sexuality or gender identity confusion, you can lose your child. That is what this brings to the table. It, it's basically a legalized kidnapping. We can take a child without any reasonable due process, uh, without any actual imminent threat of harm to the child to justify it. That's kidnapping. That's why many people refer to this as the kidnapping bill. And there it is. So folks, this is what they do in the name of equality. This is what they do in the name of equity. This is what they do. See, these are the same people that tell you that a child, anyone under the age of 25, let's just go there, should not receive a full sentence for crimes that they would do that you would hand out to anyone who maybe exceeds the age of 25 because they say their brains aren't fully formed yet, so they make terrible decisions that they shouldn't be held to account for when it comes to legal ramifications. But these are the same people who in turn tell you that a 12-year-old who's questioning their sexuality should be affirmed immediately, taken from their parents if they choose to do so, give the parents no rights, take, I mean, basically kidnap this child. I mean, I, this is, did anyone ever, I don't know, Have you? did you ever think, ever in your life, that you would hear such abhorrent legal practices from any state, regardless of Democrat, Republican, left, right, leaning, any of that. Did you ever think that common sense would be lacking so much that this would be this would be allowed? This would this is what is allowed to happen? Because I damn sure didn't. I never thought in a million years that we would be sitting here talking about a child, a twelve year old, who can't even decide what time it goes to bed, can decide that if he's a boy that he wants to be a girl and that that gives the school or a counselor or a, a social worker or whoever the right or the ability, state sanctioned, to take that kid from the parents for something the parents may not even know. They may not even realize this is going on because the school has kept it from them and they don't give the parents any input or any insight into what's going on. And next thing you know, the parents are like, where's my kid? And they have no rights. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just floored that this is allowed. So people always ask, you know, when is the line? Where's the line, right? You know, everyone's got a line in the sand, right? Everyone's got a, a point to which the, this is the one you don't cross, right? 
Let me ask you. If this isn't your line, I have to question whether or not you have one. If this is not your line, if children are not your line, I have to question as to whether or not you have a line at all. These kids need help. And these people that are supposed to be those in authority who they look up to are supposed to be there to help these kids. But instead, what it looks like is that they are leading these kids. They are grooming these kids. They're doing it against the wishes of the parents and the families these children belong to. They're indoctrinating them with ideas in the education system that they don't hear at home. And at an age that those ideas and that ideology itself should not be what's on the forefront of the lesson plan for a 12, 11, 9, 8-year-old. They just shouldn't be. But all too often in this country lately, what we see is school boards being challenged for the practices of putting certain types of materials in elementary school libraries. There have been people that have gone before Congress that can't even open up a picture of what's inside of a book in an elementary school library because those in Congress on the left who champion champion these things uh, think that that picture that was getting ready to be shown by said Congress uh, woman uh, was just kind of crosses the line for decency for what should be shown on TV and a live hearing. Well, I ask you if that's truly the case, then why the hell do you want to show it to my child in an elementary school setting? Why do they have access to it? It's abs- it's 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 crazy, people. I mean, it, what happened to crazy? And in the words of Chris Rock, can anyone be crazy anymore? Because it seems to me once we give something uh, a, a psychological diagnosis, that becomes the excuse uh, and enables them to do whatever it is they want to do. And now because they have a clinical diagnosis, then they're able to get away with things they normally wouldn't be able to before uh, before it had a name. That becomes the legal challenge when they do certain things that instead of getting in trouble, instead of going to prison, instead, well, he has this XYZ thing and it has a name and this is what it's caused by. And then all of a sudden that's his ticket. That's his ticket out. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me that we don't, that rules and standards and laws are not followed across the board and applied equally and evenly regardless, regardless, because we're talking about the safety in the protection of our society, of our children, of our communities. And when you start coloring in shades of gray, you put everybody at risk. But it's okay. I believe full I fully believe that the pendulum has swung so far to the left that when it swings back as a result of their overreach, oh It's going to swing back hard. It's going to swing back extremely hard because we've seen everything that they would do, everything they want to do, and if left to their own devices would do, and that is scaring the hell out of people. The left is losing the minority vote at an alarming rate, so much so that they have to import new voters from everywhere in South America and the world across our southern border. On Tuesday, we had more than 12,000 encounters this past Tuesday. That is a record, a historical record. It has never been higher. That is the highest daily encounter rate that has ever been since the United States has been keeping records. 
So when you hear people talking about, oh, the Republicans and Fox News are lying to you about what's going on at the border. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. And the fact that people tell you that should tell you more about them than they realize that they're actually letting you know. Because they're telling you or they're reaching or trying to lie to you intentionally. That's where you that's how you have to look at these things. Because you have to understand that the people doing these things, they don't do them because they don't they actually believe they're right. They don't do them because they think that they're right and these things are good. No, they have um, they have an agenda. And they're willing to lie, cheat, and steal to make that agenda come true. Whatever to, to realize that agenda, they will do anything and everything necessary, even if it means going after your children to do it. And laws like AB. 665 and laws like NY213, which we're getting ready to get into in a moment, um, prove that beyond any shadow of a doubt. And the fact that they're willing to lie to you about uh, encounters uh, at the border and how many people are actually crossing the border and trying to make it seem as if uh, our border is no different than it was under any president, which I've heard people say recently, which just is amazing to me that you can, I mean, you're a great liar. I mean, you should get an Oscar for saying that. You should absolutely get an Oscar for saying that. But this is, like I said, this is typically in blue states. Listen. They're not the same. And particularly in states like California, blue states predominantly, parents do not have this, the rights of due process that they think they do, and they can easily have their children taken. And this legislation will be an incentive, mark my words, for more and more parents to say, enough of California. I'm moving to Texas or Tennessee or Florida or somewhere else that is more respectful of the rights of parents. Do you blame him for saying that? Do you think he's wrong for saying that? Because I don't. I don't. I don't know what's coming in the future. I never thought we'd be standing here in the present talking about these things. I do know things have never gotten better. As far as morality goes, they seem to slip with every generation and they continue to lower. They lower. They continually lower the bar. They lower the pendulum uh, uh, on, excuse me, they, they just lower the standards of what is deemed moral or immoral or, or what is uh, what what is deemed to be good values or family values and everything has become relative and everything has become subjective, including reality, including, you know, sex and gender and what is binary and what is not binary. We're asking questions that historically have never been asked before and we are coming to conclusions um, that we've never came to before uh, as a public consensus in the media mainstream. And it's it, what's, what's weird is not that people are asking the questions or there's not that there's a segment of the population that thinks like this. That's not the weird part. It's, it's the fact that those in the medical community and those who actually know better are not allowing the people who feel differently to have a voice without calling that voice hate. Instead of just saying, hey, they have a different opinion, here's why. And what is real and what is not real and what is true and what is not true should be argued in an open forum. And you're you should be able to have discourse and an opinion without somebody labeling it hate speech. When it's truly not hate speech, it's just speech that they hate because we don't know. We really don't understand the agenda of the left. We don't. We don't because it, it seems to me that it's chaos. 
right? It seems to me that um, they argue for things that are easily, and when I say easy, I mean very easily, uh, you know, in, in your face, on the surface, very wrong. And then they turn things that are absolutely right on their face and they constantly try to redefine it by digging deeper or redefining things or changing reality to win arguments, uh, especially when it comes to when it comes to the topic of faith and how families uh, deal with their own inside or behind their doors. Right. The, the school is interfering to a level that we've never, ever seen before. Listen to this last clip about uh, AB 665. California legislation could have on other states? Well, right now in California, we have uh, already passed a legislation that allows, it's similar to similar kidnapping protection legislation that um, allows. Uh, what are the national implications that this California legislation could have on other states? Well, right now in California, we have uh, already passed a legislation that allows it's similar to similar kidnapping protection legislation that um, allows uh, a kidnapper say from california to go to to texas go to another state say to a family in, in dallas uh, and to be able they could kidnap that child and take that child to california without the parents knowing the legal guardian guardian knowing and that kidnapper under California law, will be protected from any criminal prosecution for the kidnapping um, if it can be shown that the reason they kidnapped the child was to enable the child to undergo a gender uh, transformation, to, to become a transgender, to, change, to quote unquote change their gender. Now, genetically, that's impossible. You can't. That he's a thousand percent right. Who does not think that, who, who doesn't believe, or medical science, I mean, let's, talk, let's stop talking about opinions and what you think, feel, and believe. You cannot change the chromosomes of somebody. The genetics of someone, there is no, there's no operation that changes those. So he's 100% right in that regard. But that, that's neither here nor there. When someone gets of legal age and, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, they're over the age of whatever, like they have to come up with some kind of legal, um, uh, we, have to, we have to draw a line somewhere. And whether we believe in or stand with or, uh, you know, stand by people who make these decisions, we are a free country. One in which a person can decide if they so choose to go through these things to do it. But all we're saying as parents is that 12 years old is not the, the age that that should take place. 12 years old is not the age that that should be encouraged. And it definitely should not be encouraged, condoned, and enabled behind the back of a parent. Now, this was this was challenged and here let me let me grab this real quick. So, this was challenged and there were fact checkers. When this first came out, everyone has their issues with fact checkers. Mine are a little more so than I think most people. I think Bongino uh gets it more than most. But um 
their ability to fact check is absolutely horrendous in the way they do it because they fact check from a perspective. So uh, I like to call this one fact check the masked. So where we where we expose the hidden truths behind the controversial uh, California mental health service bill uh and today, we're going to delve into the nuances of that from a fact checker's point of view. Now, on April 4th, uh, Karina Fan of the Associated Press, or the AP, released an article attempting to debunk what was deemed to be social media distortion surrounding AB 665. She was going to talk about how it's really not the kidnapping bill. And this is what she did. So the bill is titled, Minors Consent to Mental Health Services. Now, that stirred a controversy, and some claim it allows the minors to leave their families without notice or allegations of abuse, neglect, or danger, which it does. We just went over that. Now, Fan and her fact-checking endeavor dismissed the claims that the bill would empower school mental health uh, professionals to remove the minors from their parents' custody. However, a closer examination proves and reveals that the a more complex reality is in place now fan like the bill's authors argued that ab665 merely aligns with the existing laws specifically family code section 6924 and health and safety code section 124260 however a side-by-side comparison of these sections reveals there are significant differences between the two. Now, especially concerning the residential shelter services, legal experts uh, decided that or came to the conclusion that one code relates to the outpatient mental health and the residential shelter services in situations where a child is in danger. The other one only relates to the outpatient mental health of services for the run-of-the-mill counseling services. Now, one crucial distinction Missed by Finn is that kids enrolled in Medi-Cal are reserve, excuse me, are covered for the outpatient and the residential services under the family code, but not under the health and safety code. Now, this distinction raises concerns about the bill's intent to potentially remove long-standing uh, protections endured by children in extreme and dangerous situations uh, that they can leave home without parental knowledge or consent. So, as a concerned citizen, we must question the government's right to interfere in the personal decisions of young people, especially when it comes to their mental health. Despite these glaring differences, Fan denied the bill's potential to allow a 12-year-old to leave their family and go to a residential shelter without any notice to their parents and without any claims of harm. The fact checker maintained that the bill's co- uh, bill contains no language that would allow a school mental health counselor to remove the children from their uh, to the, from the custody of their uh, guardians. However, AB 665 proposes uh, striking from the family code, the four guardrails currently in place uh, for a minor to leave his or her home uh, at 12 years old, leaving their families without any notice to their parents, without any claim of harm. Furthermore, FAM downplayed the concerns that are related to a minor seeking gender-affirming surgeries without parental consent. The bill, The bill's language, or lack thereof, rather, Uh, raises the questions of the potential for minors to self-consent into residential care by telling a professional person that they feel unsafe at home. Similar scenarios have unfolded since such a case of, uh, let's say, of Abigail uh, Martinez, whose daughter 
uh, after being removed from her home, underwent treatments against her mother's wishes and tragically ended her own life. So that's the glaring difference between the two. Your point of view may be your point of view, but you're coming at it uh, and at talking about the state of California and those that push this trans agenda. You're coming at it from the uh, from the point of view of someone who is in favor of, who may be old enough, who have went through the changes and decided that's what you want to be, that's who you are, but then you're projecting that onto a 12-year-old child who doesn't know a damn thing about who they are yet, who has not grown up enough to be able to decide whether or not this is the lifestyle that they want to lead, and yet they do. And the suicide rate in this community is at 40%. So... You know, I would call it child abuse neglect on the part of the counselor who is not filling a parent in as to this child's mental health. This this is I mean, this is exactly why I'm telling you what I'm telling you and why I believe it to be state sanctioned uh, kidnapping. But I mean, that is my opinion. I went over with you in glaring detail of why I believe that and why I think that. At the end of the day, it's up to you, folks. But I think it was addressed in the Constitution, and I think it's addressed by common sense that has always existed in the families and the values of American families across this nation since its conception. Now, I think we have a fight on our hands, and I think that this is a fight that you take on whether or not you even have children. This is something that you're going to do for your neighbor's children or for future children or for other children in your family. Children are the responsibility of everyone. And the child's safety is the concern of everyone. So this is something that you need to take seriously and and not let these bills that are completely agenda-driven that absolutely fly in the face of American values and family values as taught by the parents in the home and just disregard what the parents feel, think, and believe because these people have their own agenda. So uh, when we come back, folks, we're going to dive into NY213 and the forced quarantine that that, uh, they are pushing in New York. And uh, when I go over the details of this law and what it is and what it means and what it could mean because they can be selectively enforced, you'll get more right after this. So welcome back, Patriots. And we're going to get right into this with uh, NY213. Now, here's a law that, uh, for all intents and purposes, is completely ripe for abuse. And who would be on the other side of this, defending this and pushing this law through? None other than Letitia James herself. Miss Too White, Too Whatever. <laughs> she, all, This lady is absolutely a pain in the ass of anyone who has a brain cell uh, in their head. Uh, what, what was it that she said? Uh, too pale, too stale, <laughs> too male. Yeah. Yeah, racist and sexist epithets, and no one does or says anything about it. It's absolutely okay that she says stuff like that for some reason. Um, it's it's crazy to me, but um, yeah. So let's get into this. So we're going to talk about it. Last year, uh, state supreme court justice uh, 
<laughs> State Supreme Court Justice had the guts to question this rule, highlighting the concerns about the separation of powers between the legislative branches. But hold your breath, because the Fourth uh, Judicial Department has overturned that decision. So we're going to talk about uh, Letitia James was on the other end of that overturn. Now, enter the Republican petitioners who, uh, in a joint statement, expressed more than just concern about sounding the alarm about the dangers of the precedent that this could pave the way for overreach into policymaking. It actually takes away the, uh, it, 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 it oversteps uh, the constitutionality of people who are allowed to actually make laws. They can call it regulation all they want. And uh, the attorney actually talks about that. But they're allowing the Department of Health to take on a role of lawmaking that they were never intended for. And the Constitution doesn't give them that right or that ability. Now, the GOP officials are not backing down off of this. And they plan to take this uh, to state court of appeals and then as high as the Supreme Court if necessary, which I can completely understand because when you start to really understand what NY213 does and how it can be used and how it's ripe for abuse, you will come to the same conclusion that we did because we believe that the case could be set, that it could set the stage for uh, a level of unprecedented government control because they can enforce this just if they think that you are a carrier or something they there is no rules and no lines no borders nothing like that is defined as to how or what concludes when they can actually enact this law so imagine this you're a pain in the ass right-wing podcaster who constantly calls out left-wing bs well, guess what? I think he's a carrier. I think he's got XYZ and monkey pox, blah, 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 whatever. Lock him up. For how long? We'll see. Where you want me to put him? Uh, put him over here, over there. Doesn't matter. They can decide where they want to put you, how long they want to keep you. None of this is predetermined. And in, 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 in why they would enforce the law or enact the law or what would cause the law to be executed also not determined, not explained. There's, there's no, there, it's not spelled out at all. Now the court's decision to overturn the lower court's ruling is based on what some might call a technicality. It questions whether or not the GOP's, GOP officials and their organizations demonstrated enough harm to challenge the rule. Is this a mere is this a mere technicality or is it a deliberate attempt to silence the voices challenging government overreach? What do you think? I mean, this any any judge, any legal scholar, anyone worth their salt can understand when you give uh, a government agency that doesn't have the right to create law, the ability to make a law, whether or not you mask it or disguise it as a regulation, what have you, it's a law. Because then you can send law enforcement to the door of anyone you deem uh, should be quarantined for anything that you deemed they should be quarantined for and kept for indeterminate amount of time in a place of your choosing. You tell me that's something that's not ripe for abuse, especially when the legalities of how that would be enforced are not spelled out. And there's a law that's been on the books for more than 70 years, but that law is too much um, red tape. Essentially, they have to prove uh, there are too many protections in place for the citizen. So I guess it's just something that the people on the left don't like. And they, they never liked the, the rights and liberties of citizens, right? That's why they create 
uh, or use whenever uh, they happen, these crises, to pass laws that otherwise would never be allowed to pass. Now, let's talk legalese. The court cited a landmark decision in the separation of powers, uh, Silver v. Pataki, stating that the legislators can, legislators can challenge rules only under specific circumstances. The Republicans argued that the governor's office usurped their legislative powers. The court, well, they didn't buy it. And the ruling on July in July of 2022, where Justice Ronald D. Plutz uh, deemed that the isolation rule uh, a violation of constitutional requirements, emphasized the severity of the issue in words in the words of Justice Plowitz, involuntary de- detention is a severe deprivation of individual liberty. I hate to use the term duh, but duh. <laughs> now, folks, I, I, I don't know how you see it, but. I mean, you put that in the hands of the same people that we you see right now going after the president of the United States, Donald Trump. You see what they're doing where they in they are absolutely inventing crimes where there are none. Right there. They got him on this this charge uh, where he supposedly defrauded the bank and increased the values of his properties, which other property values in that same area. Uh, that don't even have buildings on them would absolutely prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that that is not true. Not only that, they're getting between the uh, the uh, uh, the bank and the person they're lending to, and the bank has their own appraisers and people that they do business with. So here's the government intervening between a contract between the bank and that individual. And fraud means someone has to be out money. Someone has to be defrauded. There has to be a victim. There's no victim. So you take a government that is willing to do that to an individual because they don't like his point of view. They don't like the way that he ruled as president. They don't like his mean tweets. So what do you do with somebody like that? Quarantine them for what? I don't know. Think of something. I mean, if you don't think that they would just create something out of nothing, just look at what they're doing to Trump right now. And you tell me they wouldn't do something uh, for nothing because that is absolutely 1000% not true. They are doing it as we speak. Give them more power. And do you not think that they would use it? They're inventing power where they have none now. Give them absolute power. And what you'll get is a more corrupt, uh, a more corrupt New York, a more corrupt California, uh, and, and like I said, it's not primarily, uh, it's, it is primarily, what am I talking about? It is primarily in left-leaning states and cities where these things happen. But that doesn't mean that the long term that this couldn't be utilized against the citizens by anyone in control, anyone in power. We created our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and so forth to limit government power. Does this sound like it limits government power? Because no, it sounds like it gives the government the ability to be tyrannical without any challenge to it whatsoever. Take a listen. Department of Health could pick and choose which New Yorkers they could force to isolate or quarantine. Um, Now, that could have been in your home. They could have locked you down in your home. Or that could have been that they removed you from your home and they put you into a facility of their choosing. Um, So you would have no say in in where you went. Uh, This regulation had no restrictions on the government. Okay, so what I mean by that is um, they they got to decide how long you stayed in quarantine. 
Um, you could not negotiate your way out of it. You couldn't say, look, I'll take a test. I'll prove to you I don't have this disease that you think I have. Nope, not that was not possible under this regulation. Um, there was no age restriction. So they could have come for you or your child or your grandchild or your elderly grandparent. Anybody was, was subject to this regulation um, because there was no time restriction. Imagine this in the hands of the government in the same government and you would apply this to J6ers. Do you not think that they would do it? Do you not think, I mean, let me ask you, I mean, do you not think this isn't, we just went over this, this situation with Donald Trump and how they're trying to go after him by using any means necessary, right? The ends justify the means when it comes to old orange man, bad, right? Give this kind of power to a government and see what they do with it. They could have literally kept you for days, weeks, months. I mean, it was absolutely no restriction at all. And they didn't have to prove you actually had a communicable disease. They just had to say, well, we think maybe you have, maybe maybe you were exposed, maybe you weren't, who cares? We want to lock you up anyway. Um, they could use law enforcement to help enforce their orders of isolation and quarantine. Um, so you could have gotten a knock on the door from the sheriff or, or local police uh, saying, I'm sorry, you need to come with us because the Department of Health thinks maybe you have a disease. You know, I mean, it was just so incredibly illegal uh, on multiple levels. It was completely unconstitutional. Um, I, I knew that as soon as I read the regulation, I had to strike it down. Um, so basically i'm in this lawsuit i'm representing a group of new york state legislators so <laughs> guys i wouldn't believe this if i hadn't heard it either when you when you see these types of things um come across your news feed you absolutely question them at first like no that's somebody being conspiratorial that's too far i mean who come on do you really believe that really yeah Yes, it's true. This is what they're doing. This is exactly what they're doing. And they fought for it. And they won the appeal. And now they're fighting and suing to get into a higher court to overturn it. The AB665 law that we just went over in California. That's law. And, and here's the thing. The mainstream media doesn't pick up on any of this. It's an election year for Letitia James and Catherine Hochul in, in New York. Do you think that the mainstream media would pick up on this and run these stories consistently so that the voters of New York City knew exactly what their legislators were actually doing to them? That their government is turning tyrannical right under their nose and the people responsible for keeping the people in the know are intentionally being silent on the matter? This is, and this is an Orwellian nightmare, for certain. For certain. Let's listen to some more. Uh, Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Tague, Assemblyman Mike Lawler, together with a citizens group called Uniting New York State, um, and the whole premise of the lawsuit is separation of powers. The governor and her Department of Health are in the executive branch. They do not have the power to make this regulation. This is actually a law cloaked as a regulation and only the legislature can. Didn't I say law. that? So that means our elected representatives in the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly 
they are our voice in government and they are the ones who can make laws. That's what the Constitution says. Um, and so when the governor and Department of Health did this, they have breached the Constitution. They have left their domain of executive branch of government and they've crossed over into the legislative lawmaking branch of government. And you're not allowed to do that. Um, when that happens, we see tyranny as a result. And there it is. There's that T word. There's that T word. And I think that it gets thrown around so much that it kind of loses its its true intent, uh, its, its true effect on people because they hear it so much. And people use it so hyperbolic, right? It, it, in this case, it's it's absolutely 1,000% true. And in its, in its actual meaning and its literal form. This is tyranny. This is tyranny where, where there, there are no protections. The protections for the average everyday citizen are removed. And at the behest of the local government, you can be quarantined for any reason that they deem necessary to do it. Even if they got it, it doesn't say they have to prove you have a communicable disease. It doesn't say upon uh, testing positive. It doesn't say how long. It doesn't say where. It doesn't say how old. It doesn't say how young. It doesn't say. It just says that they can do it. And you have no right to challenge it. There's no negotiation on your part. Anything that you can say or do that would make them, you know, not be able to take you. Like, well, I'll take a test right now. Okay, well, that doesn't matter. You have to go to said quarantine facility, said camp, said whatever. Um, whatever they set up, this is, this is absolutely, uh, horrendous. And the fact that the press isn't covering it is that much more horrendous. Listen to the rest. The governor and unelected bureaucrats in an agency like the department of health making law, they can't make a regulation that overrides a law, which is what they did here because we have law. Section 2120 of the public health law. We've had it for 70 years. Yep, and that's there it is. how you want, if you want to have somebody who has a disease and they're not properly being safe in the way that they conduct themselves, um, then you can quarantine that person. But that law that we've had for 70 years has many due process protections built into it. And this regulation, no, it's stripped out all the due process protections and it just conflicts with the law, conflicts with the Constitution. That's it right there. They don't like due process. The left doesn't like red tape. Tyranny doesn't work that way. It's much easier if we ain't got to worry about those pesky laws. What do you mean Constitution? That damn Constitution, it's always getting in the way of the things we want to do. Bill of Rights. What is wrong with you people? How are we ever going to be a Marxist nation with a Bill of Rights? How do we get rid of these Bill of Rights? How do we get rid of <laughs> I imagine these are the conversations that take place behind the scenes because they're willing to lie to you and me and everyone else in an effort to push their agenda forward. And it seems to me that anything that they can do in the name of putting their agenda forward, nothing is off the table. Nothing is off the table. Yeah, after 9-11, we got the Patriot Act. And then later on, uh, we got the Victory Act, Patriot Act, uh, uh, FISA, and this continues, Section 702, uh, it, it continues 
to erode at the protections and due process uh, afforded to everyday citizens in this United States. And because we actually have the capacity to understand what American values and traditionalism really is, and what our Constitution actually says, and how American citizens are supposed to be protected, and how free we're supposed to be, I believe the left has gone about importing people who are very much used to a tyrannical government, and if we could just be tyrannical government light, they'll accept it, where the average everyday American will not. Absolutely will not. So why not just keep importing voters from the third world? Because they won't question what we're doing. They don't care. They'll, they'll, they'll eat whatever we feed them. They'll, they'll, they'll eat the not meat. They'll do whatever it is we tell them because we're providing them with everything that they they use. They eat where they live. They're never going to question it. If you don't think that's what's going on, you need to wake up. You're blind. That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And, and, and who else would be involved? in this type of a matter, but Letitia James herself, right? Let's listen to what the, what her role is here. And I'm going to play, it's actually back-to-back, so I'm going to play two back-to-back clips that involve Letitia James. Just listen. Thankfully, the judge ruled in our favor, and he agreed. This is not something the executive branch can do. So that was prior. Now, this interview was prior to them winning the appeal. So this is back in court. They overturned this. So you would think that the judge and that the uh, legislature in New York would see the common sense in what she's saying right now. But no, they Letitia James got involved and they overturned this. It's back in court again. Now they're fighting. They're suing uh, to up in this ability for the Department of Health to make laws and regulations that would remove the due process and allow the government to uh, quarantine uh, everyday citizens with, without uh, knowing whether or not they literally have a communicable disease, if they tested positive, or for any reason, because it doesn't spell out for what reason they can be quarantined, only that uh, the gov- the local government or the state government has the right to quarantine them for an indeterminate amount of time and a place of their choosing. So right. let's continue to listen. Attorney General Letitia James, that's who represents the governor and the Department of Health, um, she has filed a notice of appeal, which means that they do intend to appeal this decision. Um, it will go up to the appellate division. And they did. The department. And um, basically, now they're going to try to argue to get that court to overturn the ruling of the New York State Supreme Court Judge Ron Fox. And they're going to try and get that overturned so that the governor and the Department of Health can get their power back that they gave themselves illegally. Um, I love the way she phrases that. And quarantine New Yorkers. Um, So it's really important that we defend this appeal. Uh, In fact, uh, Senator Borrello and Assemblyman Chris Tigg, Assemblyman Mike Waller, um, they're calling on New Yorkers to to step up and speak up and to write an email and call the governor and the attorney general, Letitia James. I, I would go further than that. No American citizen, not just citizens of New York State or city or any of that, just New York in general. I think this affects America as a whole because if we allow this to fly there, then we're next. We're next. So no, this is this is not just a New York issue. This is an American issue. Tell them we don't we don't want this appeal. This is ridiculous. You're gonna waste taxpayer dollars 
fighting to try and get back a totally illegal and unconstitutional regulation that New Yorkers don't even want. If the appellate division overturns this decision um, and the governor and Letitia James get their way, then that's going to reinstate this regulation, which means that all of a sudden now, the Department of Health will have the power to isolate or quarantine whoever they want. They don't have to prove you have a communicable disease. It does not have to be an emergency. This regulation says they can do this anytime they want. Um, and it's just a power that is unbridled. It's just, it's, there's no restraint in this. So you could imagine that that opens the door to a lot of corruption. I mean, what if you have, you know, I Funny how that happens. <laughs> Always with the technical difficulties here, but essentially it's this, folks. It's ripe for abuse, and it is an election year, and they don't want you talking about it. And why? Because they know this is one that definitely would lose the election for them. Folks, we have uh, an uphill battle uh, to fight by people who are literally, I mean, figuratively rather, wearing masks. They are pretending to be patriots. They are pretending to fight for liberty. They are pretending to fight for the downtrodden, ostracized, disenfranchised. And if you're not a victim, um, they're they they don't they will turn their back on you, right? They are they are chasing power and nothing more. If you are a vote in their pocket, that's all they care about. They will stand on your back just to get a little bit taller. And this is what the left is proven. This is what's happened over the last four years. And the abuse of power and the things that we're fighting against and the, and the absolute tyranny that we see by way of them creating uh, charges to file against Donald Trump and what we see happening to J6ers now that more of the film is coming out and the videos are coming out. It looks more and more and more like something else was really going on. Um, we'll wait for their determination on that. And we're going to see that what, you know, we are allowed to have opinions. And the, the next thing that I expect to happen is for section 230 to be questioned. And that's what needs to happen because the last protections that we absolutely need as people in the United States of America for our first amendment to be protected is to force the social media companies, uh, to protect it by not being able to single out a specific uh, political ideology or a specific faith or what have you and silence their opinions while allowing the other people on the other side of the aisle to speak as loud as they want because this is what's happening in droves all over the internet this happens quite frequently ask anyone in my position that holds an account uh, that is a podcaster that has any notoriety or is cl who starts to rise in the ranks of let's say Facebook or something like that. How many of them are not, are still monetized? I wonder, it's a question, right? It's a question I have because all the people that I know in my circles that have gone down that avenue uh, and, and do exactly what I'm doing here and exposing these things, uh, they find reasons to get, they find reasons to be demonetized very quickly. They're silenced. Uh, they, they're not allowed to have opinions. And their videos are taken down. They receive warnings uh, for community guideline violations that they're not allowed to argue against. And at the end of the day, the social media company has to prove nothing because it's their platform. Even though they're publicly traded companies, 
What sense does that make? This is the, these laws need to be changed, and these these people need to be stopped. The family is under attack in the United States, and our freedoms are under attack in the United States by wolves in sheep's clothing. And the only way people hear the truth is by independent media, such as myself and others, are the ones out here trying to give it to you. So, as I usually say, and as I will continue to say, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. You guys have a great week. My people of this country and we're under attack. They ban us, they cancel us for speaking the facts.